I'm Chad Rutherman. And I'm Andy Kinnick. And welcome to No Clip Pocket, special Pikachu edition. Today, we're going to be talking about Pokemon Creepy Black? Po- I've also heard it referred to as Cursed Black. Cursed Black, Pokemon or, and Black just Pokemon version. Black. Yeah. Uh, Whatever you want to call it. <laughs> it is a, yeah. a... The the wiki here uh-huh. just says Pokemon Black. Okay. I trust the, the Creepypasta wiki for, I don't know, this kind of material, I guess. Yes. Um, so, normally, at this point in the podcast, I would say uh, who developed it and uh, when it was released, but who developed it is really dependent on what version of the game that you played, and when it was released is also kind of up in the air. There are several versions that are, like, in alpha and beta states right now. It's kind of a popular, like, ROM hack thing, and... Uh, the original story, who, buddy, I have no idea. It's old. It's quite old. I know that somebody told me about it in, like, 2010, I feel like I remember, and I know I'd already heard about it when that person told me, so we're looking, like, probably, like, 09... Yeah. Like, 08, maybe. That sounds... That that tracks with my understanding of it, and also, like, the oldest article that I found was... And this is so... This is fucking the internet right now, but... Uh, was its Know Your Meme page. It was posted in 2011. So, it, it dates back at least probably around 10 years, if I had to guess. That's crazy. Yeah. Actually. <laughs> the art of creepypasta... Goes pretty far back, uh, and despite the Slender Man movie just coming out this year, <laughs> Pokemon Creepy Black is uh, one of the all-time classics. Uh, if you're unfamiliar with creepy pastas, I'm going to give like a brief explanation of the concept because it is a stupid combination of words. <laughs> That's a good idea. Yeah. Uh, so creepy pastas are sort of a fascinating form of internet literature in which. Someone posts a, like, frightening story or unsettling short text post on, usually on, like, a forum or something like that, and then it gets spread around. Obviously, it comes from, uh, from, well, not obviously, (laughs) I don't know how far back we need to go, but copypasta being the original thing, which is where somebody write something and then it gets copied and then re- repurposed for different things. Creepypasta is just the scary story version of it. But it's a lot like an internet campfire story. And I've always loved that like cultural aspect of it where somebody's just like sits down and makes up some dumb shit and then tells everybody about it. Yeah, it might be because this story was my first exposure to Creepypasta, but it reminds me of like being a kid like playground rumors kind of a thing i totally get where you're coming from yeah like you hear a story and you don't know like what the origin of it is like how valid could it possibly be like even like in 2010 which were just like definitely not the original part like when this came out but close enough you want to say, like, you would probably question, like, even if you don't think that there's actually a haunted game cartridge out there, which is 
I would say rational. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> You could totally imagine somebody having created this because of what tools were available at the time. I remember in high school fucking around with, uh, like, NES ROMs and, like, making weird, like, just changes to aesthetic and text in games because that was just something that I had access to. Uh, Famously, and by famously, I mean among three people, someone made a game where, uh, in Super Mario Brothers, where I was the protagonist, and in order to, like, the (laughs) mushrooms were replaced by bottles of hair gel, because in high school I had a ridiculous uh, hairdo. (laughs) So, like, to me, I have, like, this intimate understanding that this is something that could totally have been done at the time. So, like, it seemed like. I mean, the story obviously is crazy, but the idea of the game seemed plausible. Yeah, and I mean, looking at back at it now, it's obvious that this is just a story, mm-hmm. and the cartridge never actually exists. But it is completely possible in another Mandela Effect universe <laughs> that instead of having this idea and writing a spooky story about it, someone had this idea and actually made the ROM put it on a cartridge, and sold it at a yard sale. <laughs> like, it's totally... It's, like, one of the more believable creepypastas, which is why I think one of the things that makes it so popular. That's true. Also, it, like, for some reason, a very credible source for creepypastas appears to be yard sales. Like, mm-hmm. Ben Drowns was bought at a yard sale. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask creepypasta, if you're not familiar. Uh... It's it's real because every yard sale I've ever been to has been buying like stained couches from ninety year olds. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that's also you got to look at where we live. That's true. Like, I think buying old games is actually pretty common. For yard sure. Sales, Plus, so. like you've got like swap meets and things like that. It's, yeah, uh, definitely. There's an industry there. Mm-hmm. But now that it is 2018. Uh, we should talk about what we actually did over the last couple of weeks, which is played different, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, versions of this creepypasta turned into legitimate games. Uh, there is no shortage of these, uh, though not all of them are particularly easy to come across. Well, I actually... I don't know if this is just something that I just assumed, but, like, I... I figured that it would be really easy to find a ROM of this, given like how popular the story is. I mistakenly had that yeah, idea, as but well. it it and it almost kind of adds to like the effect of the story that you have to like scour the internet to find a working version of this game. Yeah, in order to uh, the version that I had came as source code that I had to compile in a Python compiler in order to create the ROM, and then I used the ROM to play the game, finally, and it had a number of bugs in it, but seemed pretty faithful to the original story. Mm-hmm. And I would have just used that, um, gotten that off of you, but I thought I found a full version myself, which ended up just being a demo version. <laughs> but like, I was like, there was a demo version labeled as a demo version. It was like version zero point whatever beta or what it was what it was called right and then the version i downloaded and played was called just version one like you know and i was like oh that's 1. like 0. yeah 1.0 yeah, yeah be the full release <laughs> nope <laughs> ended after cerulean city and i did not i already knew the story and had played a bit of the game so i was like i'm not gonna 
right. find another version <laughs> to play the whole thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So n- now we get into what is unfortunately kind of the. This is the the disappointing part of the podcast where we talk about what playing this game actually is because when you're writing a story, we're going to talk about the fundamentals of storytelling here. Uh, when, <laughs> when you go to a movie or watch a TV show, pretty rarely do you see the characters do something like make lunch, go to the bathroom, do boring shit because... It's not interesting. People don't want to hear about it. People don't want to see it. They don't want to read about it. They don't want to do anything. Uh, Pokemon Creepy Black, the story, says, I had a Pokemon that killed things and then killed the trainers, and I don't know why. And then at the end of the game, and then in that clause, in <laughs> and at the end of the game, they skip over what is about, like, eight hours of just the most tedious version of a Pokemon <laughs> game that could ever exist. Yeah, uh, and it's hard to, like, because when you're translating the story into an actual ROM, you kind of have to be faithful to it, or people will bitch about it. Right. Uh, and be like, you got this detail wrong, dumbass. <laughs> uh, but I feel like it would have been much to this game's benefit to find a way to shorten the game. Yeah. To just a couple hours. The version that you played had, like, these caves in Peter City? Yeah, so I'm pretty sure I remember remembering this correctly. It was being made, like, recreated in Game Maker by a guy named Reed. I know know that's his first name. I I think maybe his last name was Maxwell. Yeah, no, I actually saw a YouTube video by this guy not too long ago about this, so... Um, And it seems like he, you know, just abandoned the project, because the last thing that he, like, posted about it was from, like, 2015. But um, he was... He added a character, um, which was called Blue. Okay, fair. uh, Even though she should be green, which is the female trainer. Um, from Pallet Town, right, and who like kind of follows you around as like a secondary rival, and she knows about the ghost. So he was adding in like his own story elements, which I kind of liked because they weren't too intrusive. But hey, this was just a demo version, so who knows what he would have done with it? In truth, I love that like as a concept because the the story, as most creepypastas are, when taken at face value isn't really good Mm -hmm. in the traditional sense. So being able to put your own spin on it is part of what makes, like, the genre worthwhile. Yeah, and it it felt kind of surreal to play it having, like, that original Pokemon game but with something new in it, you know what I mean? So I I was into that. Um, But, yeah, as you brought up, there were two caves randomly in Pewter City that aren't supposed to be there, and I wonder what that was about. And I'll never know. (laughs) See, what I'm hoping, uh, or rather, what would be a good idea, so if Reed Maxwell, if you're listening to this, uh, and you're planning on and finishing this game... And that is your actual name. I looked it up, it is. Okay. <laughs> uh, and you plan on finishing this game, maybe in the tunnels, just have him go right to the end of the game. <laughs> I was thinking, like, if I was doing this myself... I would try and think of a way to do, like, a time lapse. Mm-hmm. Like, you get to a certain point where you add a narrative beat, and then it skips forward to, like, a later part of the game. Yeah. Or something. Because mm-hmm. people... 
I don't yeah. think people are playing this game to get a traditional Pokemon experience. No. I and, think I'm sure you've it. played the original game if you're playing this. Yeah, or at least some Pokemon game, which is like a, a close enough facsimile that it's not going to matter. Uh, th- that's really the biggest issue that I have with it, because like getting Ghost originally is a cool experience. Like playing with it for a minute, and I, I don't know about the version that you played, but when I played it, one of the things that's in the creepypasta that it mentions is whenever you kill a Pokemon, it, like, plays its cry but slowed down. So you get this, like, chopped and screwed version of every Pokemon's cry. Yeah. Uh, the version I played, it was much less messed with. Like, mm-hmm. they played the cry, and I think it was pitched down, but, like... It was kind of hard to notice. Right. Uh, I don't know. I thought that kind of stuff was pretty cool. But very quickly it became like, man, I sure wish that I never ran into a wild Pokemon Mm -hmm. or never fought a trainer because it's just like this time that presents no challenge because you have a Pokemon that just wins in one one move. Yeah, and it it kind of flies in the face of like the the effectiveness of being able like realizing you're able to kill the pokemon and the trainers um because initially it's like uh it feels like a decision right you're like oh should i should i do it because it makes the game easier or whatever there's like a t- it's attempting to use mm-hmm. um because as humans we like to progress through uh a game yeah <laughs> so uh but then when you do it a bunch it becomes routine and it really loses its effect yeah so if you could find a way to prevent that from happening like maybe if you made like encounter rates like slowly dwindle as you go or like so it feels like you're killing off all the pokemon or something like you know stuff something like that like undertale did yeah well i didn't know if i wanted to get into this yet okay all right but uh, i mean we might as well um what was a comment that i read at, um while looking for this rom where somebody commented i never realized how much this is similar to undertale's genocide run and i was like yeah yeah that's 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 correct i wonder if that had any influence on it uh, well because this would have existed long well before, before it uh, yeah toby fox would have been working on this toby fox would have been like a child when this came out like the same as us mm-hmm. but i don't know like i i i you want to say no like Undertale really popular to me right it seems especially plausible because toby fox's first like released project was itself a rom hack yeah of an snes game so it's like he's very like he has to be aware of it Mm -hmm. and i i don't know if it like i'm i'm not gonna sit here and call like plagiarism well i'm not suggesting <laughs> that it's like a big deal or anything right but i think there probably could have been some subconscious mm-hmm. uh inspiration taken because yeah like the fact well if it's like he, had actually done that yeah. he'd actually made the better version oh yeah it's like he took the concept and actually made it into a fleshed out idea yeah something that you could enjoy playing yeah which this is Sadly, not really that. Yeah, and uh, it's pr- basically impossible to do this uh, unless somebody just like forces it upon you. Uh, but I feel like this game would act might actually be fairly effective and fun to play or cool to experience. I guess 
if you didn't know about it beforehand. That's what I was going to say. I, I think like my the recommendation... Finding the ghost... Like, the game doesn't tell you ghost is in your party. Mm-hmm. And, like, going into your first battle and then, like, you know, killing or not killing the Pokemon, and then it gives you the option to kill the trainer. Mm-hmm. I feel like there would be some really impactful moments there <laughs> if you didn't know they were coming. Yeah. I think my recommendation for this is just, like, get your little brother to play it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> somebody who's, like, just in that age, like, eight or nine, uh, where this would, like, really mess with them See, psychologically. I feel like you need to have that familiarity with the game in the first place for it to get maximum effect. The, I guess. Because the part of the weird, creepy dissonance is that it's Pokemon Red and Blue, mm-hmm. something super familiar to your childhood that is now a creepy horror, or not horror, but like haunted game. Right. The end of the game is where any of the like actual horror yeah. takes place. But the... I don't know, like, I would like to see, I guess we should probably advocate for more of, like, a double-blind trial, <laughs> where it's like, we have a control group, we have, like, people like us, aware of the creepypasta, aware of Pokemon, then a group that's only aware of Pokemon, one that's only aware of the creepypasta, <laughs> that would be a weird yeah. group, and then somebody who just has no clue what any of this is, uh, and just see how each of them react to it, because I feel like... Play like taken very seriously, which obviously we didn't really even have the opportunity to do. A Pokemon game takes like, like it takes a speedrunner like three hours to play a Pokemon game. Mm-hmm. It takes like a normal human being something along the lines of like, I don't know. We could probably get through Pokemon Red and Blue in like fifteen hours at this point. Uh, I I think I could probably do it faster since I know the game like the back of my hand. Right. Especially if I could play it on the N64 with the Doduo Game Boy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, it probably would take around, like, 12, 10 hours. Yeah, which is not something, especially considering, like, to do that would be forgoing the one thing that makes this unique. We really had no option to, like, approach this from its intended point of view Mm -hmm. of somebody who actively wouldn't want to kill everything but might as a fallback mm-hmm. which i think is like what you want to aim for with like your audience for this type of a game right uh so it ends up being ineffective for like most oh, people and, and, yeah but i think there is something kind of effective about it because the early game starts out so slow and the temptation to just use ghosts very high yes. in the early game. And I think if if you played this just like you, you're you just going in like you want to play a Pokemon game, it kind of similarly had people like just use their starter mm-hmm. and have them at like level 100 by the end of the game and a bunch <laughs> of peon Pokemon that they don't use. Right. They might do that with ghosts. And... So I think in a way, like for some people, I think it could be really like get the intended effect there. Yeah, I can see that also. Like uh, for me, because I read the creepypasta and I'm aware of the ghosts attack doesn't work on ghost Pokemon thing. I knew that would become a roadblock later. Uh, I started with Bulbasaur, uh, which is actually my least used starter in the first gen. I'm a grass starter. I know. I'm a grass starter guy in most of the generations. Like, Snivy's one of my favorites. Uh, Trico is great. 
from the last guardian uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh but oh fucking turtwig mm-hmm. uh greatest uh, greatest starter line right there uh <laughs> but i'm i've you know i've used squirrel and charmander enough so i went with bulbasaur and so i i would put him in the front of my party and then I would swap him out at the beginning of every single battle, which was slow, but it meant that by the end of the game I had two, well, like, a competent Pokemon and then the murder Pokemon. Right. Murdered things. Uh, so I was able to get through any instances where there was a, an issue, and then after that I just yeah, killed well, everything. When I was playing, I was feeling like trying, like, true genocide run. Right, And I just everything. literally was killing everything. Because... <laughs> I thought that would be the more interesting thing to do and to see if I, like, it wasn't clear to me at the version I was playing, I didn't have to worry about this, but yeah. uh, if I, if it was even going to have HMs, because the version I was playing didn't have items in it at all, mm-hmm. so, which I thought was an intentional design decision, but I think it was just because it wasn't finished. That might be. I, mean, I kind of like it that, that you... way. Like, I feel like having it stripped down makes more sense. Yeah. Because once again, it speeds up the process. Mm-hmm. And it and it adds to that feeling, like, the world feels a bit emptier than you remember it. Mm-hmm. Like, being somebody who's played the games a bunch of times, it kind of added to the atmosphere. Yeah. But I think that was completely unintentional. <laughs> yeah, like, ideally, so, uh, let's just, like, brainstorm how to, like, streamline this. Because my thoughts on it, I, I think that the encounter should get rarer, like you said, but I also mm-hmm. think that it should scale with your level. So, like... Event you'll get it's like having a repel on all the time. Like Pokemon would be afraid of you, and so they would stay away unless they were uh, at or a higher level than you. Mm-hmm. I think also like reducing the number of NPCs that are out mm-hmm. as it goes on as well, because like people are like afraid as well. Like they'll all just be in buildings. There's been like clearly a murder spree yeah. going on. I think that could be cool. And, like, I, I do kind of like the idea of, like, the time skips to shorten the game. Especially since once you've beaten the Elite Four, it skips ahead to where you're old. Right. If you did a couple of skips to, like, where you're, like, from you're a kid to, like, a teenager to an adult to a, an old man or something like that. Yeah. Well, I feel like for this game... Cut, cut down on the... <laughs> This is more of a critique on the writing, I think, than it is on the game itself. But I feel like you shouldn't make it to old age in this case. Like, I think it's a little... I like that element, actually. I mean, it's not the worst. I mean, maybe I need to review the creepypasta, but, like, it just seems like at some point you were like, well, I killed a lot of people, but I'll just settle down for, like, 40 years. (laughs) Well, I think... The, or at least the vibe I get from it is that you didn't kill literally everyone in the world (laughs) by the time you beat the Elite Four, but after you've done that, you've slowly still been using Ghost Mm -hmm. the rest of your life up till old age. And because, like, once you've hit the credits and then you're like an old man in lavender town right literally everyone's dead so i think it's slowly gotten to that point over your life until you're an old dude right and then and then the climactic final battle with uh with ghost happens where you get murdered unceremoniously Mm -hmm. 
Well, actually very ceremoniously, but there isn't any real, like, gameplay element to it. You just, you can use the struggle button. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's it. Um, Which I thought, that part I thought was fine. Mm -hmm. Uh, As we've mentioned before, like... uh, That's what, this game is like uh, a a good, bad sandwich. Where it starts real good, ends real good, but the game... Of Pokemon that is sandwiched in the middle is out of place. <laughs> yeah. It's like a triple-decker sauerkraut and toadstool sandwich, sandwich with arsenic sauce. With arsenic uh, except the bread is still A-OK. <laughs> yes. It is some high-quality bread. The finest you've ever tasted. The, no, yeah, as we've mentioned before, like taking agency away from the player is a good way to like drive home points when you're playing a horror game. And it works almost uniquely well to the genre, so I think that the final part of this game actually does work, even though there's not a whole lot for you to do except sit and take it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I mean, the good bad sandwich is a really good uh, way to describe this, because, mm-hmm. yeah, that whole middle part was just miserable. Yeah. 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 Like, honestly... I feel like even though the demo is clearly just that I played, it was clearly unfinished. It almost kind of feels like a blueprint for like the ideal version of the game where I feel like hitting Cerulean City is right about the point where it kind of starts to get tedious. Yeah. So like finding a way to transition it from that to an ending or maybe like a middle portion, a short middle portion and then an ending. Especially if he's developed this like, third character yeah to go forward and like be able to maybe like push that into the storyline to give the game a little bit more bulk Mm -hmm. and then you can just kind of finish it out at the end and and call it a day yeah i don't know that's so uh while looking for a rom of this game i found that it's much easier to find a rom hack for fire red and leaf green right like, so it has the game boy advance graphics um and i know how i feel about that but <laughs> how do you feel about that that because i'm all about the game boy color uh graphics like that i feel like it being a older game and looking so like pixelated like adds to the credibility of it almost yeah i completely agree particularly because the game's like primary existence is based on that like the ghost sprite thing Mm -hmm. from lavender town or from the pokemon tower it's like that's such an iconic thing whereas like fire red leaf green were remakes of this game and so you want your creepypasta rom hack to be as faithful to the creepypasta as possible because otherwise you end up with like you end up with the Slenderman movie Mm -hmm. that's what the problem is here is it feels like I'm just like kidding I feel like I had like a eureka moment I just want to point out the 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 original creepypasta story Uh and in turn the wiki has a picture of the Game Boy cartridge, <laughs> the Game Boy cartridge on that it, is yeah. black. So you're expecting mm-hmm. the original red and blue graphics. Yeah. So, but, okay, here's my eureka moment about it. It is 
the game as like a corruption of the original Pokemon games, if it were instead a corruption of the Game Boy Advance version, it feels weird er because it isn't it isn't something that was like latched on to this like symbol of everyone's childhood. It's a remake of the thing that is latched onto everyone's childhood. It's like a corporate ghost <laughs> that said, I can't that those are those graphics are too bad. This game is too old, has item limits, I'm not for it. I will haunt instead <laughs> the up remake of that game. Not even Ruby and Sapphire, mm-hmm. but Fire Red and Leaf Green. It wants to... The ghost is attempting to capitalize yeah. on the, your nostalgia. Those ROMs are downloaded much more often. <laughs> I should haunt those ones. I gotta haunt those ones. <laughs> <laughs> this fucking discerning ghost. Like, it's just not... I mean, yeah. none of it is I believable, mean, but it's even less believable. Yeah, I think... Um, one of the things, one of like I've I've said this a couple of times, but like one of the few things that makes this uh, creepy pasta such like a popular one, such a good one, is that it's about Pokemon Red and Blue, right? And those were such like a cultural like explosion that like everyone our age remembers very uh, plainly, and. It's something that, like, rumors were spread about already, like, mm-hmm. on the playground all the time. Like, there's so many, like, urban legends about the original Pokemon games. Yeah, if you sandwiched Creepy Black the Creepy Pasta in between rumors about Mew being under a truck mm-hmm. and, like, Pika Blue, it would Missing feel right no. at home. Yeah. Like, Missing No is something that's legitimately in the game and is also legitimately a little bit creepy when you find it. Mm-hmm. So, like, this... It goes, it fits perfectly in that wheelhouse. Yeah, and it just makes it feel all the more believable. Like, I remember my cousin telling me that, like, you could surf up and down the coast of the Seafoam Islands mm-hmm. and find a level, like, 101 Snorlax, and not believing it, but sure as fuck, you can. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, like, it, it just makes this story feel all the more believable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is just an example of, like, Pokemon was an example of, like, programming something that was just too ambitious for the time, mm-hmm. creating... Or for the team making it anyway. Yeah, that was just too much there, and, like, the checks in place weren't quite there enough, and but the, the things that it generated were enough to spawn a subculture of their own, and this wants to sort of, like, fit into that. And it does perfectly. Yeah. So. Like, I don't uh, think there's another game series that lends itself better to creepypasta than Pokemon does. Mm-hmm. No, you're right. Because, <laughs> like, even, like, the the only other one that I I read and actually thought was, like, pretty good was Ben Drowned. Right. And even that's not nearly as uh, impactful. Like, it does. There's something about Creepy Black that just feels. Like a bullseye. Yeah, well, because Creepy Black has this, like, at no point, the narrator of the story doesn't, like, get sucked into the game cartridge and die. Yeah, well, that's one thing I was thinking when I was reading it. Um, aside from, like, one or two lines I thought were stupid, <laughs> it's pretty well written mm-hmm. for a creepypasta. Like, 
I think because I've read others since, I assumed that this one was written worse than it is. But like, right. it's there's nothing really supernatural about the story at all. It's just pretty straightforward, which makes it more believable mm-hmm. because there isn't an actual. Because yeah. all the creepypasta, the really popular games to get creepypastas are Pokemon for obvious reasons that we've just discussed. Uh, Sonic the Hedgehog, because Sonic fans will do literally anything involving Sonic. Uh, no offense, I guess, to any <laughs> Sonic fans, just some of you out there. They're a special breed of fans. They really are. Uh, and then, lastly, uh, has been... God, what the fuck? What am I thinking of right now? What am I thinking of? I have of? no idea. Legend of Zelda. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and all of them sort of follow the same formula arguably set up by this but i'm not actually sure where the timeline is and pokemon's the only one that ever feels like a little bit believable Mm -hmm. like no one's dying it's not actually haunted it's just like a fucked up weird thing that they found um yeah yeah the only line i really took issue with in it was uh the fact that the person posting it said, oh, and I moved a couple years ago and lost the cartridge. <laughs> like, so I can't provide any screenshots. Right. But, like, you didn't need to do that. No. <laughs> like, that that immediately discredited your story if you were trying to get people to believe it. Well, the exact also... opposite of what you were trying to accomplish. <laughs> <laughs> well, but the, the thing I can see is if, depending on where this was originally posted, if it was the kind of place where someone was going to ask for proof, yeah. putting that in there to try and, like, pre it i think is okay but nobody's gonna believe it anyway right i feel like it'd be better off to let someone call you out on it and then put that in the comments right like oh i lost it because now that's like immortalized yeah that's on the creepypasta wiki everyone knows that you tried to like jump that <laughs> you tried to cover it up <laughs> there's a, a a subreddit that i used to read more often but haven't been as much anymore and anybody who knows about it will tell you that's not an uncommon thing uh it, which is no sleep um and the concept of no sleep like in their sidebar one of the rules is everything you read is real like don't accuse people of being fake don't ask for proof and that's super important for this kind of a story because it's it's not just hard to believe it's almost impossible to even dig like to to think a little bit that it might be true. Mm-hmm. The magic of it is being like alone in your bed, reading it on your phone, and like looking over your shoulder, like, <laughs> "Oh, was there a guy? Yeah. Oh, was there?" Or it can it can really exist in your imagination for a few minutes. Yeah, it's and, and that's really like the the draw, and so that line is not good because it breaks <laughs> yes. what little immersion immersion it could have had. Mm-hmm. Uh. uh that's about all I've got. Yeah, yeah, I think I think we've said it all. Alright, I'd like to go into final thoughts. Though I'm going to go ahead and tell the audience that I already know what your final thoughts are. Because throughout this entire episode, I've been playing binaural <laughs> sound waves <laughs> to control your mind and make you think about uh, sandwiches. I thought you were going to say suicide. No. <laughs> I didn't want to go full uh, Lavender Town Syndrome. <laughs> yeah, I see more urban legends about, about Pokemon. Pokemon. Actually, uh, there's really, there's, it's kind of a difficult thing to, to succinctly sum up after this whole conversation. The, like, 
pure summary, and I don't want to step on your toes because I feel like we are going to agree here. Uh-huh. Good, real slow middle part where you play a whole Pokemon game, but you don't have to care about anything, so it's just mindlessly pressing a button. Mm-hmm. And then a good part at the end again. And that's... the the We played this game so that you don't have to. <laughs> yeah. And I think this is probably the only game I would say that about maybe Rascal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I guess looking... I mean, that sums up the game perfectly. Yeah. But, like, stepping back and looking at the whole creepypasta Pokemon Black sphere... Um, <laughs> If you really like the story, like, you you probably want to check this out, you know, uh, if you think, if not, then, like you said, we played it for you yeah. and told you all about it. <laughs> um, but there's, there, there is something about the story that's really memorable. I mean, I heard about it almost 10 years ago and never forgot it. Yeah. Um, it yeah, it's really resonant with our age group, I think, for reasons that we discussed, and I don't know, it almost makes me want to see somebody do something more experimental with the story in a ROM hack, as we kind of uh, were getting at as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I guess I'll leave it there. I think there's a lot of potential in this story, even still, ten years later. Yeah, like, there's this is a backbone that something could be built around. Yes. Uh, and it's even, well, and people are trying, so <laughs> don't give up, I guess, <laughs> yeah. is, our, is our takeaway. <laughs> It's a really inspirational yeah. way to look at this yeah, depressing it, game. And don't let all the internet commenters make you make it exactly like the story. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to No Clip Pocket this week. What are we talking about next time? This is going to sound so weird after this whole month, but next time <laughs> we're talking about Bugs Bunny Crazy Castle. <laughs> Well, I mean, castles are kind of spooky. Yeah, it'll be a nice transition. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect transition. Uh, (laughs) But yeah, it's a weird puzzle game. Well, it's like puzzle platformer in the most fifty-fifty split those two genres could possibly have. And is that it's a it's an original Game Boy game, right? Mm-hmm. Like no color, no pocket, original Game Boy. Well, yes. Game Boy Pocket, whatever. Yeah, original Game Boy game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like basically you bugs and you want to get through a level to the end from point A to point B, but you can't jump or attack. <laughs> you can only pick up items, and it's basically like figuring out which items you're supposed to use to get past which enemies and in which situations to get to the end. All right. It's basically how it works. <laughs> All right. So I'll be enjoying this for the first time, uh, and we will see you guys then. Until that time, if you want to get a hold of us, all of our contact information is on nocliptpodcast.com. Uh, there you can find our email, our Twitter uh, links to our YouTube, as well as on iTunes and Google Play. Uh, all like I've basically s- scattered them across the website, uh, but mostly very bottom of the main page, right side of the episodes page. And while you're on that episodes page, check out all of our old episodes. We got five fat horror episodes for you just this month, and we've been doing horror games for uh, October literally since we started 
in October back in 2015. So plenty of uh, enjoyment for the Halloween time. Uh, thank you for listening. Happy Halloween! Ooh. Ooh. Hot fuck. Mm-hmm. It's Halloween. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Are you doing Any, a bit? Anybody who's... We should probably do a sound test first. <laughs> this is the sound test. If anybody's listening to this sound test... Andy played Creepy Black, and now I don't know where he is. He was in his room for three days. I could hear the sounds of Lavender Town song coming from inside of his room. And now I can't find him. I opened the door, he was gone. There's just a Game Boy emulator on his computer screen with a photorealistic picture of Haunter on it, and it was bleeding from his eyes. It was really scary. Don't play Pokemon Creepy Black! It's... It's not good! Welcome to No Clip Pocket. I'm just...